Welcome back to the Missing Moira Murray podcast. Today we have a bonus episode, a conversation with John and Darren from the podcast Martinis and Murder. We were on their podcast about a month ago, and so it was really cool to reconnect with them. They're a lot of fun. So bonus episode, check it out, enjoy it, and thank you very much for listening. back to the Missing Maura Murray podcast. I'm Tim, here with Lance, and here today with the hosts of Martinis and Murder on Oxygen, John Thrasher and Darren Karp. What is up? Hey, guys. How hey. are you? This is Darren, by the way. Sometimes yeah. you can't tell that I'm a girl, but I am. Yeah, for new listeners, you know, we need to make sure we differentiate who's Darren and who's John. Correct. Right. So I am John, and you're Darren. Correct. How are you guys? Thanks so much for having us on. We're really excited to... <clears throat> Discuss all things Maura Murray today. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming on. And uh, we're doing pretty well. Um, I'm sensing a little uh, little allergy going over there, though, right? <laughs> That's all John, not uh, me. I'm perfect. So, John, yeah. um, what's wrong with you today? It's true. I'm, I might have to excuse myself to cough every few minutes. I'm dealing with some allergies. Uh, thank you, Lance, for pointing that out. I really appreciate that. I just wanted—I <laughs> wanted to get it out of the way. I wanted to come out swinging and, uh, you know, right. put you on your heels, heels a little bit, so that I could have full control of this conversation. And John, you're wearing high heels today, right? And I am wearing high so heels. So that fits perfect. Yes. And makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we we had a great chat with you guys on your podcast. Um, yes, that was a real fun conversation. Uh, so we wanted to have you guys back on or wanted to have you guys on here to talk about more Murray, about the show, the Oxygen right. series, and yeah. a little bit about you guys and your podcast. Two things we can definitely talk about. Yeah. Cool. You, whenever we had you guys on, you guys were here in the studio with yeah. us, and that was so yep. much fun. Did you guys walk away from that episode enjoying your time on our show? And or drunk, either. <laughs> a little bit say, of both. Yeah. No, I was thrilled. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Might have been a little, um, might have been a little staggering. Not so much walking, but maybe, right. uh, you know, tripping yeah. over your feet a little bit. It's not like you guys gave us a ton of alcohol, but <laughs> <laughs> we had mudslides, right? I think that's yep. what we had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was yeah. like a dessert, basically, that we gave you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, At for like those noon. Who- yeah, it was like noon, yeah. yeah. For those who don't know, we should also mention on our podcast, Darren and I, it's called Martinis and Murder because we, we do drink on the episode. We discuss a murder every week. Uh, we had Tim and Lance on to obviously discuss uh, Mara Murray. Um, so, yeah, if anyone is into drinking and murders, you should check out our show. Yes. That's my shameless plug. I hope you guys don't mind. <laughs> no, not at all. No, that's um, brilliant. Actually, yeah. I mean, one of the things we wanted to ask you guys about was how you balance, uh, like, you know, your humor and and ha- and keeping it light and having a drink, but also talking about really tragic cases. I would actually say, you know, it's probably the number one question that John and I get about martinis and murder because martinis and murder doesn't necessarily go together, or you yeah. wouldn't think that they would, and so. You know, we on our podcast make a note and we really want it's very important for us to honor the victims. A lot of places just talk about the murderers and we really want to value what happened. Something serious went down. Um, and yeah. so it's, it can be hard to kind of be joking about the light, you know, making something so lighthearted that isn't at all. 
So it's definitely a balance. We choose our moments for sure. Um, it, it's some, it's not necessarily describing the details of the case, but something exterior theories. You know, we can yeah. get kind of humor filled with that. And so it's definitely a balance that we struggle with every day. Well, yeah. And also the thing that we always make sure people know is that we are fans of the genre first and we aren't Absolutely. professionals. We're not investigators. We're not even really armchair detectives by any means. Um, just fans. Yeah, yeah, we're fans of the of the show of the genre the way anyone else is. So we're here to kind of um, take those stories and tell them the way we would like to digest them. I know right. I've I've always been a huge fan of true crime podcasts. I love your guys's podcast. I think it's so informative, and you guys do such a great job of like Absolutely. informing the audience and keeping you know the important stuff out there first, which I think is great. But you know I'm such a huge fan of all these different podcasts, but Honestly, a lot of them are just so dark and right. and 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 not not miserable, but just kind of like I always have this sense of like sadness after I'm done listening to them. But I do find myself wanting to listen to them. And so when we started this podcast, I thought, you know, Darren and I were kind of brainstorming, and we said, "What is a way that we can talk about this genre without it being so depressing?" Because frankly, we knew we wanted to do this type of podcast, but we weren't going to be able to do that on our own with being dark and scary we ha our personalities are not dark and scary yeah it wouldn't be authentic to us no. we wanted to make it palpable exactly. for all ages i think to listen to these tragedies that happen so that way yeah. a 50 year old mom could listen with her 12 year old daughter and it's not oh my god you know as they're jarring. talking right yeah, it's not yeah. as jarring and it's also a way to make it a little bit more accessible to the people and a lot of the stories that we cover have an element of like what the hell to them you know so there's always some kind of weird thing that regardless of the scenario you're going to probably laugh about right and we're also never disrespectful to the victims if we're laughing or carrying on it's, it's usually, about us, usually yeah it's either us or something absolutely stupid that the killer has done and we have no sympathy whatsoever for the killer we always try and relate to a case <laughs> right. even though yeah. you and i have never been murdered as far as, as i know far as i've I never know, been murdered i could be a ghost so that can always that adds a little humor because we don't relate to these cases at right. all but we always try and find a link let me flip it on your guys' heads here and say, how do you guys approach your show in terms of, like, the tone and, and all that stuff? We've never been this serious <laughs> in any aspect <laughs> of our lives. I think it's safe to say. It really was a bit of a challenge when we started doing the podcast because we wanted to be informative. We wanted to give the best um, yeah. presentation of the case to the listeners and – in the beginning, when you listen to it, you can definitely tell, at least when I listen to myself, just how how sort of stiff I sounded. Right. Like my voice was really was really stressed, and it was because I was trying so hard to be serious and say the right thing. Um, once we were able to do sponsor reads and loosen up a little bit and work that in with the show, we actually had some people email us and or uh, contact us on Twitter and, and say that it's a nice break from the <laughs> from the um the seriousness of the of the episode when you have, you know, just a little bit of goofing off. Sure. And and it's okay. And with your podcast, um what I was going to say, uh when 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 you you guys were talking about this is if you you mentioned like a fifty year old mom could listen to it and I picture a fifty year old mom listening to it and laughing in spite of herself yeah. exactly. because you're making fun of yourselves and and it's like oh and it's it's that necessary moment of I'm a I'm a I'm a full person I can laugh yeah. but I can also feel that the sense of you know, kind of hopelessness and dread, but hey, if they say something funny, I'm going to laugh. I mean, my takeaway here is that what you're saying is 
pay Lance money, yeah. and he will do whatever you need He'll to do. He'll show some personality. Right, exactly. Yeah, okay. he's not just like a stick in the mud. He's got <laughs> yeah. something to offer people. All right. I will right. say... I wasn't, sorry, go ahead. wasn't sure if I laid that on too thick or <laughs> no, not. No, no, I'm no. glad you guys... It's definitely... Glad you guys read into the that. The humor for us has definitely, I think, gotten easier over the time. That was definitely sure. our main concern. And now I think... Any critiques that we get isn't actually about the humor. It's sometimes if we say something wrong, one of the things, you know, we would say prostitute as opposed to sex worker. Now, we didn't mean prostitute in any sort of pejorative way. We weren't saying – we weren't shaming anybody, but – the proper terminology is sex worker, and so our audience really gives us that feedback mm-hmm. just to make us more informed and better at telling these stories. It actually has less to do with the humor, which is shocking. They they seem to really respond to it, I would say. Yeah, right. That's a good one. Yeah, good note. Yeah, we, we had called more a, a, a girl, you know, it's a 21-year-old right. girl, and we got killed for that oh, uh, yeah. with emails oh, yeah. and tweets. Uh, so that was the last time we, we made that uh, – Naive mistake, and so obviously Maura is a woman and was a woman <laughs> right. uh, when she went missing. Right. I don't even I don't even uh, address anyone in like my day to day life as a girl anymore because of no, that comment. True. Because oh, yeah. I looked at it and I, and I thought to myself, "Wow, that that is just sort of an ignorant thing to say." No, and yeah. it's funny not to kind of kind of derail here. A personal anecdote though is I found myself catching other people that I know talking about their relationships and being like oh this girl i like and i'm like actually she's like 27 i hope she's a woman and she's a woman and hopefully it's not a girl and i remember (laughs) catching myself thinking that and then being like do i say girl sometimes i think we're just so used to that just as a culture you know growing up i'm sure but yeah girl more than boy to me girl sounds just so juvenile but boy like boys are gross (laughs) okay fair enough yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks my sister she's 38 and she still says kid she likes a, a guy. She she's like, oh, I like this kid. I think and, that's and, you know hilarious. he's like forty, but she still calls him kid. Yeah, that's a power. That's a power move right there on her part. I'm taking that. Oh, this kid. Oh, this yeah, kid. Suburban Boston. Yeah, yep. love it. Yeah, that's definitely definitely a New England thing, especially a Boston or um, uh, Medford yeah. thing. Like I everybody's kid. I'm using that. Or guy. Tough kid. Tough guy. So. Um, before we get into Mora, I'm I'm just uh, curious how your guys' live show went at Caroline's. Oh, thanks for asking. From what I can remember, it <laughs> seemed great because I had three you... martinis in an hour. I was in rare form. I think it might have been four. Could it have been four? It, it was possible. Um, John did a little singing I that did we couldn't sing. put in our audio recording of it because the lawyers wouldn't let us use any music. Yeah, we can't distribute me singing apparently. But I'm he that got up. Good. He had a solo, and it was yeah. it was breathtaking. I will say. Yeah. Well, yeah. What song? It was um, I, the story how the how this all unfolded, and you guys can listen to this. It's actually um, one of the episodes on our podcast. Yes. If anybody listening wants to check it out, but yeah, we did this live show, and Darren was talking about how she feels more sympathy for the animals and that uh, Sarah McLaughlin uh, arms of an angel. Arms of an angel. Uh, you know, it's like animal commercial. rescue. Yeah, yeah animal yeah. rescue. And as she was kind of telling the story, I kind of in the background, I'm just singing along to the song, and then finally she stopped, and I kind of stood up and I took the microphone. And yeah, I was, it was moment. I had a moment. Let me have my moment. <laughs> it was really fun, though. The energy was yeah. so different. It was so nice having people in the room. We actually played totally. games, which were really fun. Yeah. You know, what kills more people per year and uh-huh. that was actually very surprising i think yeah. um icicles or roller coasters tune in can we can we play that we, game that's a good we, game let me see if i can pull it if up we can pull it up yeah. i will say okay i remember one of them uh what kills more people per year ants or spiders do you know this one darren 
I know it okay. because I'm absolutely terrified of spiders. So the, the side note is that Darren wants to be a game show host, so you've just really clicked into what she yeah, loves. Yeah, I'm like, oh, we're just going to play games this whole time now. <laughs> That's my dream. Um, so, yeah, answer I'll spiders. Go with, I'll go with B, spiders, yeah. I'm going to go with ants. I feel like this is I feel like this is a, not a trick question, but <laughs> I feel like there's probably more it's ants in question. the world. And Therefore, more opportunity. more terrified of spiders than ants, but ants actually kill more people um, per year. I do. And I brought up the, uh, wow. in fact, ants kill about 30 people per year, whereas spiders, 6.5. Don't know where that know point five you, yeah. comes from. Don't but... know how you kill half a person, but <laughs> even talking about it makes me feel half dead. So. Do you guys want to play a couple more while we're on it? Sure. Yes. Okay. Um, let's go to, okay, here's a good one. Champagne corks yeah. or icicles? I'll go with champagne corks. All right, we're locking Tim with champagne uh, corks. Lance, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go with champagne corks as well. I feel like maybe people get injured by icicles, but not killed. The answer is indeed champagne Champ- corks. Ooh, you get a car. I know. You get a car. <laughs> You're gonna get an oxygen notebook, yes. which we have here. Champagne <laughs> corks kill almost 24 people every year. Falling icicles kill 15 people. Uh, per year, which is disturbing. Yep. Um, they probably blind a lot more people as well, but that's an entirely different quiz. Right. Yeah. Do you guys want to do one more while we have sure. them up? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way this right? is going. <laughs> Just play games the whole time. Um, okay. Selfies or lightning? Selfies Ooh. or lightning? Definitely selfies. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely selfies. You guys are both that correct. That is correct. <laughs> 127 people per year. Lightning kills 31, which oh is my. actually a lot more than I was expecting. And one thing we didn't put in our quiz that we both kind of found interesting, we probably said it at the end, is that I think 24, 2,500 people a year, left-handed <clears throat> people, die by using right-handed products. Oh, my God. Which is crazy. That is crazy. The world is geared towards a righty. And, uh, yeah, over 2,000 people die per year if you're a lefty. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, one more just because this is so wow. fun. Is that like a, like, like slicing open an avocado <laughs> exactly. with like a right-handed yeah, knife like or something? Yeah, like stick driving maybe, okay. you know, or something like that. Oh, my God. All right, here's That's, one last one. I, how did you even come up with that, <laughs> that statistic? <laughs> Look, yeah, don't do ask Google? us of where are we going to research. Weird statistics. <laughs> That's what you Google, and then you just peruse the Internet all day and get paid okay. for it. It's wonderful. It's amazing. All right, last okay. one here. Vending machines or roller coasters? Vending machines. <laughs> I got I to gotta go with Tim on it, too. I pictured someone's feet sticking out from the bottom of the top of the vending good. machine. Yeah. It is vending machines. They usually yes. uh, collapse on top of people. How many people, John? That's 13 per year, Yeah. whereas wow. roller coasters kill four. Damn, people really want to get their damn Kit Kats out of those yeah, things. They I have know. To, like risk, and I would risk my life for like a you know what call it a cheese it. Yes, I would as <laughs> yeah, well. Exactly. Good job, you guys killed it. Yeah, we will have oh, to send you, you like oxygen you. pens and swag just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So, h- how long do you guys research uh, for a typical episode of Martinis and Murder? I would say it takes about a week mm-hmm. um, of full research. You know, the research then needs to be condensed down into a script because there's a lot of details. And John can sort of speak to this yeah. specifically because he's the one that parses it down. You know, there's a lot of details there that are great for color and great for our story, but just time-consuming-wise, we don't need to say 
everything. And so John really takes all the research that we get and really condenses it into what we could say for a show. Yeah, we have someone that does a lot of our research for us and then you know our Matt the bartender who yes. is a f- uh, famous character on our show um, does a lot character. yeah infamous um, he does a lot of the research and then basically we have to run it through a process to make sure that it's factual because right. what I think a lot of podcasts that I listen to uh, get away with that we can't frankly is you know a lot of hyperbole conjecture. and conjecture and we want to make sure that we're as authentic and true to the facts of the story as we can be that's why you don't really hear us uh, hypothesizing too much on our show because uh, we kind of want to take the facts and tell the story more right. so than come up with crazy theories. I mean, anybody can do that. Anybody can say anything. So um, to us, and frankly, to us, a lot of these murders are so powerful and disturbing and emotional that you don't need to be hypothesizing that much you know you don't have to worry about the mind of a killer there's so much to learn from each individual story as it is we also definitely like leaving it open to the audience certainly any Mm -hmm. cold cases you know tweet us your theories what do you think happened we'll definitely say popular theories out there it's a lot easier for john and i to actually say our maybe our honest opinion about just our initial findings when that when everyone's in jail or people are dead or the case has been closed just because Right. You know, that we're not going to offend anyone by doing that. Um, but we always have a lawyer on the line to make sure that we're what we're saying is 100 percent right. accurate. Great. Yeah, that's smart. Uh, speaking of Matt, is he there? <laughs> Matt is He's not in, in the, the doghouse. Um, yeah. Oh, well, what happened? Well, he was getting a little too famous. We did launch an Instagram account called Matt underscore the underscore bartender. He gets followers more than us now. Way more than us. He's, so we don't really want that. Yeah. Right, fr- John? Well, frankly, he's probably researching this week's episode. That's what he so, says he's that's doing. That's what he says he's doing. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But. Hopefully he's doing his goddamn job. Sure. <laughs> now, uh, but before we get to uh, Mora, I just I have one question that i'm dying to know uh from darren so andy cohen is is your boss right you work for him uh yeah i like to think that or... he works for me but yes uh, <laughs> hopefully he I... won't be listening and then uh, get mad at me but yes i'm his uh, one and only i'm his right hand or left hand depending on what he's doing nice yes i guess what i want to know is is did you have anything to do with getting him the at andy twitter handle because that's amazing i did actually because it used to be at bravo andy which is what his instagram was and then you know he wanted it to just you know i I think because he was doing other stuff outside of bravo he's got a serious Mm -hmm. radio channel he goes on tour with anderson cooper blah 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 he wanted it to be at andy and so uh we had to work some negotiations out uh that i was heavily involved in in order to get it but it didn't take long usually people want to please please such an awesome guy and so it, it didn't take too much but it definitely cost a little bit very cool. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because I saw that and I was just kind of blown away. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I really wanted – I was on Twitter like pretty early, but I really wanted at Beyonce for myself oh, as, a, as a huge Beyonce <laughs> fan. And unfortunately, some other comedian had it. So I wonder if at Darren exists. Spelled Ooh, my way. Yeah. I at, like at mine anyway. Taken but when, I, when I signed up. Oh. That Tim was taken, yeah. (laughs) Lance, we were actually talking about Lance's name before we started the show because Lance sent his Skype name to us so we could all talk. And I was like, really, Lance? You included your very complicated last name? Yeah, your like 19-vowel last name. (laughs) Thank you for that. We were expecting it to be like Valley Girl 101, (laughs) and instead we got your whole name. We were... Very upset. I was over reading here. it off, and I was like, "I'm just going to go letter by letter." Grace, can you yeah. please add this? It's it's R. She's yeah. like, "So there's 19 E's in his last name." I'm like, "That's correct. We counted it. There's 19." Yep. This right. is all love, it's, Lance, it's, by the way. It's pronounced Smith too. Which <laughs> yeah. Is <pretty> yeah. 
<laughs> that's, that's just good. that's just a, a little foreshadowing that nothing in uh, dealing with me is easy. Yes, even my exactly. Twitter. Is, yeah. I mean, my uh, my Skype is uh, things that is your fans Tim's made. nodding his head right now. Yeah, yeah things exactly. the fans and listeners may not have known. For about sure, there's for always sure. there's always some caveat. Exactly, exactly. So uh, so let's talk about this series, the disappearance of Maura Murray. So what are you guys thoughts yeah. so far? We're uh, we're uh, right before the yeah, finale. You guys caught up on it. Yeah. Honestly, it makes my blood boil. To, like anytime I watch a series, especially like this, where there's just so many unanswered questions and mm-hmm. every episode you just feel like there's going to be a reveal and we got to tell the authorities this. It, I get excited. My adrenaline is absolutely rushing I, and I just consume every single piece of information I'm given. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. You know, we have oxygen is crime all the time now. Yeah. So we have so many different true crime shows and all of them are, are and I'm not just saying this because I work here. I'm a fan of the genre. All of them are so compelling. The disappearance of Mara Murray was like another level, though, because yeah. there are so many unanswered questions to this sh- to this case, and to see it kind of unwind on TV is a very different experience than just like a podcast or just diving into like a Reddit thread. Right. So for me, I really, really enjoyed this uh, this theory, this series rather, and trying to come up with ideas. You know, I think Darren and I we had sent I had sent Darren some of the episodes and we raced through the first like four episodes uh here at oxygen instantly and we were like what do you think happened do you think that she's this do you think she's alive in canada so we we absolutely loved it and um i know you guys obviously are on the show so how has that been for you guys like going from podcast to tv it was a little nerve-wracking the first week that it um premiered that was uh, incredibly nerve-wracking. Actually, it's I'm nerve-wracking sure. every single week. Yeah, I don't know what definitely. I'm saying. Like, we got used to it. Like, for some reason, we got well, used to it. Well, nerve-wracking no, in what way? Sorry to interrupt. Like, watching but... yourselves back or just having, like, a camera light on you? No, no, no. I think um, I thought at first I would feel uncomfortable watching us, but mm-hmm. I started to feel more anxious about knowing how many hundreds of thousands of people were also <laughs> totally. watching us. Sure. And that was that was... You know, I might like my stomach's getting uh, butterflies right now thinking. Oh, about my God. Yeah. Lance, just, and just didn't down. want to it's say okay. anything too dumb, you know, like uh, have a cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty easy right, to right. do. I mean, we make mistakes every week on our podcast. So I was just going to say Welcome so to our do we. lives. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I what I really liked about the last, as John said, we raced through the first four and we just recently actually finished the series mm-hmm. um, together was how you guys. The interesting thing about this case, as opposed to other things that. John and I have actually covered on Martinis and Murder is that there's probably eight plausible good theories about what happened to her as opposed to just is it this or is it this and uh, certainly though the entire six episode run but the last two really dive into what could be possible and what isn't and that was just fascinating because I think what you don't know is just as important about what you do and being able to answer those questions is so valuable even if it doesn't give you you know, the answer you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think I want to use that from now on. What you don't (laughs) know is almost as valuable as what you do know. We kind of say that a little bit when we say, you know, in order to find something uh, to be a fact, you have to eliminate all of the other um, red herrings and all of those details that are just kind of floating out there, all the noise. And once you eliminate that, then you have this fact. But I like like the more succinct (laughs) version that you just said. I'm not even drunk, guys. <laughs> Not yet. At least. So, what do you think happened at, at this point? So, you, well, I guess you've seen the finale. So, we we haven't seen yep. the finale yet. Our audience hasn't seen it yet. 
um, unless they're listening to it and after they've seen it, obviously. But uh, is there anything you guys can share uh, what? about the finale? I think all, nothing will blow your minds. <laughs> I can say that. I think that's the main thing is I think the finale will uh, be of great interest. Obviously, yes. we can't say anything about what happens in the finale, but we have seen it. And um, it's very, very interesting. I, I hate to be so vague about it, but I will say it had the most adrenaline rush for I, that's me. That's a good way I to put think, it. Wrapping yes. everything up in a nice little bow. I mean, it's mm-hmm. super informative. Yes. I, will, I will say that. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. I'm curious. What were your? What did you leave the um, the show whenever you were finished filming? Did you leave with any more clues or information that maybe you didn't have before that kind of put you down a different path, perchance of how of your investigation? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think a lot of the things that the show uncovered really kind of leads you in mm-hmm. in a direction, and I think. Personally, it definitely led me in a direction. Um, you know, they they rule out the, uh, or they basically rule out uh, more having been pregnant. I would say pretty early, mm-hmm. and right. they rule out the Butsons sighting, which is a, a pretty popular theory. If you believe more, ran true, away. Yeah. Um, and then in episode five, they talked about the surrounding areas and the searches that they've done with dogs and with uh, helicopters and and people. And it really doesn't sound like more is within uh, certainly a five-mile radius or even further at this yeah. point. Watching that footage of the dogs was absolutely incredible. I, I don't feel bad at this point saying that it sounds uh, – I'm almost certain that she got into a car right there where the dogs lost her scent. Yeah, when right. you watch that and you see the dogs sit down right there on the road, mm-hmm. everything, every theory that I entertained in the past went right to the back seat. I saw the dog sit down, and it became very obvious that she got picked up there. She was the, she got into some sort of moving vehicle because the, the scent ended so abruptly. Um, and on top of what Tim just said about you know, they, they ruled out the... Um, her going into the woods, the suicide angle, the pregnancy angle. They ruled out these angles. On top of that, I every episode I, I'm more and more reassured that this case is in good hands with Oxygen and with the Texas crew. Every, at the end of every episode, I think, damn, they just they, they're, they're doing it so well and they're presenting the information so uh, clearly. Although, because it's a lot of information. Yeah. Well, like, there's just, like, so many theories. Yeah, I mean, you, you asked us what we think happened, or at least I think that's what you yeah. asked us. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've thought about this a lot, and I think I agree in my personal opinion that um, something bad happened to her. And it, it does make me wonder... The thing that really has always stuck with me after all these months of being interested in this case so far um, is the car wreck. To me, that signals something that was A, out of her control, and B, it's very clear that like after you have a car wreck and you're in the middle of nowhere, you need to leave that scenario. You right. need to get helps in some capacity. So for me, I just keep replaying like, yeah, and I go down this this path of like, okay, yeah, she did have to she probably got into a car and then like you said in that in last week's episode, Darren, the dog stuff, it was just so c- very clearly obvious that It was an abrupt end of exactly, the scent, right? Exactly. So for yeah. me, I I concur and part of me wonders if maybe, you know, she hit her head 
in that car wreck, got in a car and went unconscious. Somebody didn't know how to handle it. Right. You didn't want to be framed for something or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. you know, again, this series isn't over on Oxygen. We have another episode still. So more details to come about even more of this stuff. But that's just kind of where I'm – I picture her getting into a car now. And I do think – I mean, absolutely, I do think something bad happened to her. And I also think that she probably is – someone knows something out there – that they haven't come forward with. I bet you in there's your opinion, in you're my saying, opinion yeah. I think that there are a per- there is a person or multiple people that know what happened or there's a little detail that might crack something open that has yet to be you know delivered to anybody who could do something about yeah. it. Yeah, totally agreed. And and look at the window of time that we started off with saying it's probably about right. seven minutes mm-hmm. for her to go missing. And if we are accurate, and this is if, 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 the dogs lose her scent right across from Butch Atwood's house. Butch Atwood had driven to his house, and the call was um, documented at 743. Right. So between him going into his house and talking to his wife and going back out to the bus— looking at the scene from the porch to the bus, sitting in his bus doing the paperwork and not seeing her get picked up directly across the street. And for anyone who doesn't yeah. know the area, it is right. directly it's, it's visible across the street. For sure. It's 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 right. fifty feet away. And now we're talking if he didn't if he didn't see anything, that seven minutes is probably is now down to maybe right. a minute. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Probably less. Yeah. yeah. So just, it's so disturbing and annoying that we can't figure this out, you know? Right. It's true. Someone, someone knows something, right? So if she got into a car, say even just say willingly, then and, and this person did something to her, overpowered her in some way, obviously that person is still out there. Uh, and if Mora, you know, told the driver who picked her up to let her out somewhere and she went off and committed suicide, you know, I know people still believe that's a possibility. And I, it's hard to say that it's not still a possibility, but still the problem is her body hasn't been found. So right. where right. Where's the body? would she let out? Yeah, you know, where like, would she have been let she's out? She's not I killing guess. herself and then burying herself in the snow. So you got to kind of wonder, you know, yeah. what what's, what's going on out there in those woods? Isn't it? I, I'm curious what you guys think about how technology plays into this because I imagine something like this happening now. There are so many cameras and... Everyone has a cell phone in their pocket. This was 2004. Like, I don't even think smartphones were really a thing at that point. Or if they were, nobody had them. Um, Not as ubiquitous as they are now, for sure. Do you guys think that technology... Could could this happen today in the same scenario, in your opinion? I think in that area, it's probably uh, more likely because there's no cell phone service um, up there today. And... I highly doubt the Westmans would change their way and be more um, helpful, uh, any more helpful right. than they were uh, with Morris' uh, accident. Um, but you're right. Yeah. There's there's more uh, police with uh, with cameras on their Body uniforms cams. now. I was maybe just thinking that, that. Yes. Um, maybe maybe pictures are taken of the car with with cell phones quicker and distributed uh, right. at a, at a more uh, efficient um, rate. So yeah, and dash cams and things like that. And she probably wouldn't have shut her phone off too, because we believe she shut her phone off on the on the trip up there. Mm. Um, so we would have been sure what route she took um, right. if she hadn't. And today, most people don't do that if they're driving; they don't shut their phone off. Uh, right. So, so we probably would have known where she was, why that missing hour is there. Maybe would have helped a little bit. 
Another thing that frustrates me, sorry, not to go on, but this is the Missing Mara Mara <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah, please go on. Um, <laughs> the other thing, too, that really frustrates me is that why shouldn't there be some sort of like, I don't want to say uh, legal, like a law or some kind of, um, you know, governmental mandate here. But it's so frustrating that so many uh, highly accessed roads don't have cell service. I mean, if you're up in the mountains, isn't shouldn't it be a priority for all companies to cover these random and remote areas? Because when things like this happen, what do you do if you don't have cell phone service and no, say none of the, you know, the neighbors, you know, say Butch Atwood didn't drive by or say none of the neighbors answered their doors. I mean, would you just freeze to death? I mean, this is such a frustrating thing to me. Darren, what are your thoughts actually? Well, I'm assuming that they don't do that just due to sheer volume of the people living up there. I mean, if you set up a whole cell phone tower where those mountains were and it's really only servicing three people, Mm -hmm. is it worth the money to a big company to put up a cell phone teller. So economically and from a business standpoint, maybe it isn't. I don't know. To your point, yeah, like that would be amazing. But it might not have – I mean certainly still murders and disappearances and all that absolutely happen still to this day. You know, I mean it's – Maybe it could have been prevented in some sort of better way or she felt like if she could call the cops or Mm – but we're not even sure – she knew she, we're not even sure if she was in distress or if there yeah, was a true. situation under which she felt like she probably needed to call the cops preemptively. She yeah. might have felt safe. Yeah, true. She might right, have. exactly. So, yeah. I mean, it's every hard to time say. uh every time Tim and I are up there and we're in the area, I mean, we we look at each other and we're like, can they just throw up a cell phone tower? Can they just throw one I up know, there? I know, I um, know. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. But it is the White Mountain region. There's, I mean, there's a national, it's like an, uh, a national forest up there. Um, they might just not be able to do it, to put it in the White Mountain uh, yeah. region. Yeah. yeah. And it's a protected area, too. Right. An interesting question I wanted to ask you guys, because you talk to so many different people about this case. And, you know, we, John and I usually just report on a case. We interview a little bit less. Um, but every time we find someone isn't cooperative or doesn't want to talk to you or doesn't want to talk to the police, is your automatic thought, mm. oh, they're a suspect or they're guilty? Or has it really shifted to be like, they want to live their private life and they just don't want to be involved? That's Are you more question. suspicious or just understanding of people's behaviors? We point and yell witch, mostly. <laughs> Tar and feather them, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tim, Tim points and yells, "Witch!" And I, just, I stand there and I just shake my head at them. Yeah, like, disapprovingly. <laughs> Great, thanks for helping uh, us he out. Hisses. No, yeah, he hisses yeah. like I hiss, yeah. I hiss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, it's it's people's prerogatives, you know. It's, right. Uh, it's it's understood, I think, um, yeah. that and it just it's it's usually just personal preference. Got it. Yeah, but that's Lance tries to talk everyone into it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I yeah, I shake know. them and I, I shake them and I get a I get a um a phone book and I roll it. <laughs> and I, and I, I like, bang it on the table and I'm like, Lance it's time. dangerous. It's time. We gotta to use talk. that with Matt. We yes, gotta, thank you. He's not making us those martinis fast enough. We gotta threaten him. with and some we're not sort gonna of tell him. Object. We're not gonna tell him where we learned it either. Yeah, yeah. Just start hissing <laughs> right. and meowing at him. Maybe he'll get the picture. No, I yeah. do want to follow up on that too because I think that is something as a true crime podcaster now that I have definitely come to learn that. 
not everybody who doesn't want to talk to the media is automatically guilty. You right. Know, we saw some of this with um, Mara's older sister. You know, you want to believe that maybe she knows something or whatever, but, you know, maybe she just really doesn't want to talk to anybody. And, you know, there are a lot of complications in this very tragic story, and people just sometimes want to be left alone. So that is something I can say I've grown to respect in a Me way too. that I hadn't really thought of previously. So Definitely. It's definitely shifted my perspective mm-hmm. on it as well. Yep. Yeah. And and one thing that we we learned pretty rapidly in uh over the course of the of this is that the police don't have to release anything. We we should feel lucky for anything that the police put out right. there in the public because they don't have to do it. And much like the neighbors up there, they want to, you know, they they live their own life. Right. And and if they were to do something otherwise, that would be the weird part. Right. If the right. police were to do something that was out of character, like release information that um, podcasters were asking for, I'd probably <laughs> take a step back and say, that's not very professional. The yeah, or what are they covering up to distract us away from something? For sure. For sure. That's a good point. Right. But with that said, the police should totally work with us as much as we want <laughs> um, and give us as much yes. information as they have on this case. Right. That's, yeah. a, good, that's a great just way to Just tweet you directly. <laughs> yeah, just tweet. Just a great point by me. Yeah, yeah. just a great <laughs> point by you. No, but I think that's a, that is a good point because we four here on the show are curious uh, storytellers but also are very passionate about the things that we care about in, in this genre. So – you know, I think we do need to have a sense in mind. It comes from a good place. Yeah, it comes from a good place, but we also have, have to have a sense of reality when it comes to yeah. these right. types of things that are happening in the real world outside of our studios. So, And, you know, one of the great things that, that really d- did happen and has happened, it is continued, continuing to happen uh, because of this show, is that we are hearing more about what's going on behind the scenes with yeah. law enforcement and with the cold case unit and with their movement. You know, our art is still in very close contact with them and we chat with Maggie pretty much every day um, oh, that's about awesome. what's going on and anything, any new thoughts. It's like, you know, Maggie, Maggie and art are, have not quit this case by any means. That's amazing. Um, just the opposite. They're, they're working like crazy behind the scenes. And uh, so, it, it, you know, at this point, anything new that comes in to us to them they're talking it out they're working it out and then potentially sending it to the cold case unit uh to follow up on and and you know we, we've heard a few really promising things have been followed up on by the cold case unit recently so it's it's nice to know that the ground yeah. is is so loose i think Absolutely. because of the show right and to come in to come in right on on that John Smith has uh, taken up the cause with Change.org for the FBI to become involved again with uh, Moore's case. Right. And since the show and since all the attention has uh, been put onto the case, um, they're, they're getting close to something like fourteen or 15,000 signatures. So wow. um, that's just more eyes on it. And right. that can't hurt. It definitely can't hurt. And, you know, who knows what the FBI will do? Who knows how they'll react? But you know what? It's more people that are that are that that are passionate about it and want something to happen. Maybe they'll join or, or take over the case at this point because right. we we do know that human blood was found in the A-frame house. Um, obviously, we don't know any more right now before episode six, but yeah, um, maybe that's enough. I and, and you know that. That was Mr. Murray's wish, Fred Murray's wish, like a decade ago, yeah. was trying to get the FBI involved. So if this TV show can actually do that, 
you know, because of the DNA testing that was done on this TV show, yeah. then the FBI jumps in, you know, and finishes the job, perhaps. That's a huge accomplishment, how, then. How great would that be? Yeah. And I think, especially with, with what you guys are doing, and you guys are discussing a specific case, and John and I, you know, cover have covered like 40 cases over the 40 episodes we've had of Martinis and Murder, is that... The main goal for us, especially with cases that aren't solved yet, is exposure to more people so more people can get involved. Maybe they saw something or heard something or know someone. I mean, that's really, I think, outside of educating our audience as well as ourselves, that's always the goal. I think the more that know about something, the, the best disinfectant is sunlight. All right. Fair enough. Yes. yes. Totally agree. And to, I just want to shift uh, real quick. You just said you covered uh, 40 cases so yep. far on your uh, on your show. Um, is there a case for, for both of you or, or individually that you like truly felt uncomfortable about? Well, I know John has a case that he's actually very personally close to, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure he'll say that as one of his ones. One case that I am constantly haunted by and I would say bring up all the time was this I can't remember what episode number it is but it's the toy box killer it was probably like mid-run uh, of, of martinis and murder so so far but 18 episode 18 the yep. toy box killer and at first first off I I do like the name like when they have this you know the east area rapist the Kensington <laughs> strangler I just think it it you know, it surrounds the murder with some sort of air of like, what's going to go down? And Toy yeah. Box, at first, to me, said something kind of like an it clown thing. <laughs> it ended up not being the case. No. And it ended up being this guy who, when I wikied him, looked like he was in his 60s, 70s. He had this, what he called a toy box, which was a shed in his backyard, which was filled with a bunch of BDSM equipment. And he would take his victims back there into like a torture chamber. He involved dogs in the case. He literally tortured women yeah. of, of all ages. And it was so sick and twisted even saying the details were hard to read and that one i just i can't get out of my head that was one where i remember we finished recording and it stuck with me for a few days where i was like oh the just the feeling of having to recant some of this stuff or or sorry rather recall some of this stuff was very bizarre yeah for me there's another one it was our it was episode number three yeah um this was a case of a girl who was an actual girl by the way she was 16 yeah um we can say that we can say that yeah. we can confirm allegedly a girl <laughs> right. um who unfortunately was running around with a group of girls and these were all like um high performing like straight a students yeah really good well-rounded students yeah like this group of girls and basically i i forget the exact details now but she was ended up being murdered by her best friends Mm -hmm. and it turns out that this all happened in my town where i went to college where i also lived for a few years after college and i knew all of the landmarks that they talked about and i knew some people that had heard of it and I even had an even closer connection where a friend of mine purchased the home of one of the killers, which was kind of crazy. And so he had some details. Like he said, he brought in um, someone to kind of sage Sage. the air and, you know, rid it of its negativity. Um, So that one's always just been interesting to me because it's so tragic, first of all, that it's a child and her best friends were the ones behind it. Yeah, these are teenage murderers. That's always going to be disturbing, I think, Definitely. Yeah, but also that I had the connection, you know, from knowing everything. So those two are, I think, the ones that stuck with us, yeah. Anything dealing with children or I would say younger even Mm -hmm. than 21 – it's just, you know, you're not even a fully-fledged human being yet. You know, your mind development is still, 
you know, it's still processing process, everything. Yeah. yeah, you're still growing. And so the idea of having the mentality at such a young age to say, I'm going to end a person's life or at least be so unaware of the consequences is just shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrifying. Horrifying. Absolutely. Yeah. The worst. The worst. It's the worst. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, we really appreciate. Uh... Yeah, thanks for ending it on such a positive note. <laughs> yes, I know. Like, is oh, everyone cheers, crying? Bitches. Everyone's yeah. in their cars crying right now. <laughs> exactly. Have a great that day. Was, that was the heaviest pause laugh, after anyone to martinis spoken. and murder. <laughs> We should mention, though, before we uh, you know sign off, I want to mention that if anyone listening wants to hear you guys on our show, yes. that was episode number 38. So A good age. A good age, a good age. to be yeah, sure. That, that's oh, my sister's age. age, actually. As she calls yes. people kids. Oh, she, she would call us kids. All yes, of us. Yes, yes. Right. It's, it's a woman calling us kids. <laughs> nice. <Exactly. laughs> well, thank you guys well, so th- much for having us. This was us. lovely. This yeah, was amazing. Thank you, guys. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. This was lovely. It was like an extension of the last conversation we had, and we've learned a lot uh, in the interim. Yeah. We want martinis next time, though. Otherwise, we really can't keep, <laughs> we doing, can't keep this. doing this. It's not in our agreements, no. and uh, you're gonna get, you're gonna get some divas on your hand if we don't have a cocktail. We'll let it slide this one time. But that's it. Yeah.